I'm your host, David Sampson, and this is a Sampson Saturday talk show. Today, we have a special guest, Elijah Yang, one of my bestest of friends, and we're going to talk about an experience that we both shared. So what I'm talking about is the 2019 Mexico missions trip. So with that small little introduction, Eli, why don't you tell us what the missions trip was about and what we did there? Uh, so Mexico, we pretty much went and we built houses for a bunch of different families, right? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of just about, I think the purpose of the trip was to get us like our perspectives like opened pretty much and like just helping people too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we uh, built three homes. I'm not sure if you mentioned that. I think that one went over my head. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we, we had different build yeah, teams. Build yeah. So what was so surprising to you about Mexico and Tijuana? What surprised me? What surprised you when you arrived? Um, it was definitely like, because we flew into San Diego. Yes. And just crossing that border from San Diego to Tijuana with all the like those guards with the guns and stuff and just like like just entering it just felt like a completely different place and you could just you immediately saw like the effects of poverty mm-hmm. and just how how different Tijuana was from San Diego. So yeah. that that definitely surprised me a lot when we first came in. It was just like looking around i mean it's pretty amazing how um like the two cities tijuana and san diego are so close to each other but like just like a simple wall and border just totally divide the two through poverty yeah even though they're so close to each other yeah just like and like we went down to see the wall right and Mm -hmm. that was that was quite moving i felt yeah, Even though it's just a wall. It was just, it was just really a like a symbol. <laughs> but it was like it was a symbol of like the states and Mexico and just like all the like like we talk about like um, people getting deported mm-hmm. and like it's just yeah I th- I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, and I also remember one of the teachers talking about how like people would like families would line up on the uh, other sides of the walls and greet their families because mm-hmm. either they snuck in or somehow got separated. And I remember that really sticking out to me. Yeah. And there was the, so there's like that middle area yeah. where like once, once every so often they could like see each other and it, yeah. it would be so bad to just like get like, taken back from your family after seeing them i don't know that was interesting yeah i didn't know that that like middle area existed like to me that was really surprising yeah i mean i don't want to talk too much about the wall because i want to focus more on the missions trip but just a little bit of side question do you think that there should be a wall I mean, personally, it's either way, it's kind of an evil thing, right? So if you don't have the wall there, then drugs and different bad substances and stuff can get transported. And like, and like, you don't actually want illegal immigrants, technically, in my opinion. But then also, at the same time, you're separating like families and stuff. And like, so I... I don't know. It's it's which which do you choose? It's the greater of two evils, you know. Yeah, it is the greater of two evils. It's a very hard thing to debate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I side with you on that one. It's it's a hard topic. So, sure. what were some of the special? So let's talk yeah. What were some of the special experiences that you faced during the trip? Oh man. There's, there's a lot. There was like, there's just like perspective experiences, like for like my eyes kind of being opened and then also like God experiences, you know? Yeah. So like when we were back at the base and like we were singing worship songs and stuff that brought like tears and things 
and then just being on the site with the families and seeing where they used to live and stuff that also like I don't know, it was an emotional trip, David. <laughs> there were definitely a lot of different aspects to that trip. Oh, sorry, I thought you cut out there for a second. Yeah, yeah. So, um, was there anything that you really, like, learned about the trip? Anything that stuck out or anything that you brought home with you? Um, like like something that like kind of changed me i mean yeah how did this trip affect you what was the purpose of this trip for you at least personally i think it it really brought me closer to god mm -hmm. how, how so um it was it was a week of pursuing jesus you know like usually we we do like some like chapels and stuff at school but it's like once every two weeks whereas this was every day you'd wake up you'd do devotions on the site it was like moving because of jesus and like you're always just pursuing him so you really feel his presence there and so part of the thing that had to change i think here for me was just like remembering to pursue him a little more yeah it's definitely a lot easier to feel his presence when you're putting like his actions or his words into his actions. Mm -hmm. Whereas our culture over here is kind of just going to church, maybe read the Bible and be a kind person. But at the end mm -hmm. of the day, it kind of stops there. Whereas it's a lot easier. You're not, you're not constantly looking. You're not constantly like always looking for Jesus. Yeah. Whereas in some place in like third world countries, it's a lot easier to feel his presence, not because of your actions, but also because of the culture. Because the culture and the people there are a lot different. And um, tell me a little bit of like the people and like, do you think that living in like a place filled with poverty helps you uh, get closer to God? Um, the people there were like, like, so something that's kind of stuck out from like being on the site with the family we were building for is that like, like you remember David, like they, we, we brought lunch with us there. We brought like croissants and stuff, but with the little like food and, and like materials they had, they made us like those quesadillas. Yeah. Like the family actually like tried to give us some food and like, they were helping on the site. They were active. It was just, it was crazy to see how they have so little, but they're willing to give so much. Like you always hear like stories of other people saying how kind people in third world countries are, but it's not like a myth or legend. It's true. Yeah. And it's like yeah. really humbling that it is. how they don't have anything yet. They're giving everything to you. Exactly. It's like, it, it makes you, makes you feel almost bad for not giving more you know it does make you feel bad to some extent and um so why why did you go on the trip was there like a deeper meaning for you to go on the trip other than it was a school trip did you have some expectations set up for yourself hmm let's it's like so it's like hyped up at GCA. Like it all, you do GCA, you lead up all to the Mexico mission strip, right? Like you talk about it in kindergarten. I know I just came in grade seven, but like <laughs> I, I know that's what they, 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 they hype it up so much. So for me, it was just, there was so much hype behind it, but expectations going into it were like, yeah, we're going to go build houses and stuff. And like, I didn't have any expectations for getting closer to God. I didn't have, any expectations of like 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 we cried on people's shoulders and stuff i didn't yeah. i didn't think it was going to be emotional I, I for sure did not might i ask why you said you didn't think you were going to get closer with god on this trip it's it's not that i didn't think i wouldn't get closer it's just i didn't have any specific um expectations going into it i just like like my dad's a pastor right so like yeah we talk about God quite a decent amount, but I just, 
I had never like really chosen to follow him till Mexico, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like for my own, I was just raised in a Christian home, right? So it was all kind of yeah. there. I got baptized, but I was like smaller. So this was like, this was kind of just like relighting that like Kindle for like faith and just like really like pursuing him. Yeah. So in other words, you always like grew up as a Christian per se. And it was kind of just that habit to pass down in your family. Yeah, totally. Habit. Whereas now it's kind of more your choice to follow him. There you go. That's how I was it. So this might be a controversial, controversial question, but do you think that like, instead of like a whole grade of 75 kids going on a trip that like the money should have been used more directly for donations instead of kids gaining experience? No, no. not at all. So I think, I think it's extremely important for the kids to have the experience and to get to go and actually be like, what, like uh, intentional with what we're doing. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't think it's donating money is one thing and it's a great thing to do, but just like giving kids that, that experience of opening people's eyes and like it, it not only like raises awareness kind of, and like people like are aware of poverty and like the effects of it now, but it's also just like, it's good for kids to connect with Jesus and stuff. So if that's your argument, do you think a lot of the uh, kids went home, like, really changed? Do you think it lasted on them and showed? So, you almost come off this, like, my dad calls it, like, a Jesus high, right? Yeah. Everyone comes home, and they're like, I- I'm just going to love Jesus. Like, everyone is so for Jesus. But now when you look at lots of the kids, like, how many of them really still like think about Jesus even? It's it's almost yeah. like it, it sorts out kids who really do care and people who just kind of let it let it to the side again. I think an image that just came to me is that it's kinda like the um ninety-nine uh sheep and like the one lost sheep parable with the shepherd and um Like, even if just one kid came back totally changed, which I'm sure that out of the 75 kids, there surely must have been one kid that was, like, drastically changed, making the whole trip worth it. So even if it was just one kid, I think it's worth it. And that's something that I just realized, I guess. I agree with you. But One live is still one live. Yeah. But on the other side, it's still sad to see a lot of the people going back to their daily ways, I guess, because they have and all that. going to high school. Yeah, because they have all like that. Falling into parties and stuff, you know? Because they have all, like, that privilege and comfort, and it kind of just, like, leaves their mind. Because it's easy to live in the moment when you're in Tijuana mm-hmm. and seeing the poverty. But once you leave Tijuana, Mexico, you're living in another world, basically. So, yeah, you, you kind, kind of, of take it granted again. Kind of becomes relevant. So it's really important to educate yourself more frequently, I guess. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, I, I still think the trip, the trip was worth it, even if it was just one kid. But exactly. A lot of lives are changed in many ways, including the families and our class. Yeah. Has this trip in any way helped you determine what is more most important to you? Um, like, what do you mean by that? I mean, after this trip, has it helped you determine what's more important to you, what's less important to you? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, like I would complain about waking up sweaty in my beautiful bed with a blanket on because it's too hot when like you you see people there with like literally the ground is dirt 
And so it just, it's things like that where it's like, in, in the grand scheme of life, how important is it that I complain about my bed? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's not at all. It's silly. <laughs> and it's like, it's like all the little things that you complain about, you're like, well, if I look at the big picture, it really doesn't matter. So it kind of just, it helped me figure out a lot more like what matters and like family matters to me. Jesus matters, like all those things like that. Like now I I think I understood, not understood. I kind of appreciated education a little more because I know some of the kids there don't get to go to school and I would complain about school, but it's, it's really like, it's a huge privilege to go to school for. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it pretty much helped you realize what you take for granted and what yeah. all that is about. Cause I know, mm-hmm. I know Hungary is totally, or like not a third world country, but even then it's not like an A tier country and I live there for a year and there's just a ton of little things there that uh, made me come back more grateful. Like, the roads there and the sidewalks were all messed up and all these minor inconveniences that bothered me. Like, (laughs) first world problems, pretty much. But living there for a year still helped me as a person to uh, become more grateful. So let's talk more specifically about the mission strip and less about me asking you questions but like what were the different activities that we did there besides the house building so our group went to this ranch with um a bunch of people who were in rehab from either coming out of prison or drugs or whatever Mm -hmm. and that experience was actually quite crazy to me so like all the girls in our group had to like wear things that were pretty modest um, because they didn't want, they they pretty much kind of scared us in a way. Like they said, they didn't want them to like go back to their bad ways and stuff. Yeah. Everybody was really scared about them. Yeah. Everyone was so scared. They were like, Oh no, we're going to like some jail pretty much. Yeah, seriously. But then we show up and it's this nice ranch with like, first thing we see when we get there is like 30 puppies <laughs> honestly <laughs> it was like a puppy <laughs> land exactly it was just oh my goodness it's amazing but then uh so so we show up and there's these puppies and we're all just hugging them and stuff and we go down to the little uh church thing and we all sit down and they like start singing a song and it, it, yeah. it was pretty cheery there they were really i kind. found it quite joyful so and then like we played volleyball with them and that was super fun yeah and it was just they were normal people and we got to hear some of their stories and how they're trying to change and be better i think i think it really goes to show like the essential goodness in everybody and how they're all really human beings just like destroyed by like their environment and stuff because it is a country in poverty and they Mm -hmm. can't really help themselves but at the end of the day they're human beings too and they're really kind human beings at that matter yeah (laughs) at least the ones in the ranch yeah i don't know it was a it felt like a really good experience i think it was so eye-opening from going from like being terrified to playing volleyball with these people yeah now, feel free to decline because I don't want to get too personal. But um, I remember, didn't one of the uh, men there tell you a story? Uh, me personally? Yeah. Or is that somebody about, else I'm thinking about? Um, if you could just kind of jog my memory. Well, I remember um, some of the men sat down with some of the kids there and told them their life stories and I was just wondering if you heard one of them oh yeah this one guy he was talking to me about how he was like he was young Mm -hmm. and he was talking about how he had a kid who was already like 18 and how pretty much he had like he had had a kid when he was like 15 years old with someone way older 
and he just he was like he and he was a super nice guy like he was talking about how he's been changed and like and just like he talked to me about just being wise with your decisions and like just like a bunch of really great things I think that came out of although such a bad experience for him probably very traumatic he just he seemed to have like calmed down like he was super chill and he was like super nice and just his story was really interesting to me because like I I, I couldn't imagine having someone getting someone pregnant like when you're 15 years old like <laughs> yeah that'd be, like, yeah, that'd be that'd be crazy that would be crazy it'd be such a bad situation yeah and he got like kicked out of his parents house and stuff and it it would just be so bad especially already in a not great living state but yeah i don't know do you remember did, what the uh oh yeah go ahead while you were there? no i didn't hear any stories did you sadly hear any stories while you were there no i didn't sadly. nobody talked to you david <laughs> <laughs> i was too busy with the puppies <laughs> but i dropped a puppy excuse me like i was I was holding one of the puppies, right? Like three feet in the air and it jumped out of my arms and just started shivering on the ground. Do you remember that? I like broke its leg. (laughs) No, you didn't. (laughs) I don't think you want to tell that to everybody on the podcast. (laughs) No, but... I I felt bad. I felt bad. I almost brought a puppy home with me. I was like so close. They're so cute. Just like stick it in your bag? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Do you remember what the other groups did? Um, I remember there's the tree one. Yes, where, I was just about yeah. to say that. It was like not an orphanage, pretty much, but pretty much like a meetup at a tree for like a lot of. It, it was. It was kind of like an orphanage. I mean, I'm sure there was some kids there that um had parents but the situation was different but yeah you could call it an orphanage and they would just like bring them food and like play games with them yeah and they cheered up their day and even that goes to show how like something even small as like a face painting can really make a child stay yeah it, it just like brightens a child's life so I think we went to the ranch, they went to the tree, and then the final group went to, like, some street, which was, like, notorious for, like, sex trafficking or something, and they also just gave some food and water. Hmm. I think that was the final one. But yeah, there's... Yeah. It's crazy how, like, big the timeline for, like, these things are, how, like, you can get affected at, like, a very young age be an orphanage and it's hard on you when you're like a child or even an adult or even one of the old men at the ranch yeah it was quite sad to see but yeah it was i wish i could help them more it it makes you want to do better things for the world and that's what this whole trip was about just opening up your perspective so when you get older (laughs) You have, like, your morals set in place. So, yeah. you know, where do you spend your time? How do you donate? And how do you treat others? Because yeah. your actions might seem, like, insignificant to, like, the whole world. Like, like face painting? Yeah. Or, like, even, let's say, here in Calgary, like, giving $5 to a homeless person. Like, mm-hmm. that's not going to save the universe. But it really does help somebody out it helps somebody out yeah Mm -hmm. um do you want to talk about that one night on the missions trip where it was kind of like that reenactment of the crucifixion oh the passion play the passion play yes yeah so so we're all in the uh tent where we did our chapel kind of things and we we each got a piece of paper and we had to write what was like what was between us and god and we're all sitting in this dark room with like worship music going we're all writing our pieces of paper like 
thinking really personal and then the music kind of stops a bit and these like these people bust in and like the whole place is like terrified everyone just starts like like we were freaking out we were like what the heck like i thought we were gonna get shot or something i'm not gonna lie yeah but they 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 go to the front and we see they're in costumes we're like oh okay this is this is part of the thing and they got jesus there like jesus like it's a like actor actor, yeah and uh at first people are kind of joking around about it but then you kind of they they like we go outside and they have like torches and stuff and they're like reenacting on how jesus got crucified and it it becomes less like like it becomes less of like a play and more of like just like you can tangibly see what he could have gone through and it was just it was really emotional after that, I think. And we uh, we followed them up to this campfire where they, like, fake nailed him to a cross. And then, like, our my friend Kyle actually, or our friend, he he got to, he had to help carry the cross because they asked him to. Um, just like in the Bible where they got that one guy to carry it. And he said that was huge for him, that it was, like, because Jesus couldn't carry it himself, right? So, anyways, so we get to the top of the campfire place, and they say, throw all your, like, papers that you wrote on into the fire. And so we're doing that, and we're, like, everyone's just bawling at that point. Like, literally everyone's just in tears. And we're, like, around, like, praying for each other, like, crying and just, like, I don't know. That was that was huge. That was a huge moment. I remember specifically going to the side with Kyle and we pretty much just like we were like, we want change. We want to pursue Jesus more. Yeah. Like, we just want things to be different. Like we changed people's lives. We built them a house and like I know that hit Kyle pretty hard, so Yeah. And I remember, like, after the crucifixion, we all threw our papers in, and there is silence. And I think that that silence there was really, like, what moved the whole place. Because it gave everybody a few seconds to realize what was happening and the reality of the situation to finally weigh in. Not just, like, the reality of the crucifixion, but, like, also us building houses. Mm -hmm. And... I feel like understanding the privilege and comfort we live in and also like where we stand in relation to others gave us the opening needed to forgive others and to yearn for something more. I mean, I personally remember that for me, what was like really important to me is at the time, at the beginning of the whole thing, I was, like, pushed really close to the fire. Not dangerously pushed, but I was in, like, the front row, standing near the fire. And it was, like, burning, burning, burning hot. Like, I was sweating. And I wish I could, like, go back. But, like, everybody's standing there really astonished at the whole crucifixion play going on. So, I didn't want to move. I was standing near the fire, and I was uncomfortable. And I thought to myself, geez, if this is what hell is like, even worse, I don't want any of it. Like, it's horrible. I, I felt trapped. But after, like, as the crucifixion play progressed, progressed, and, um, like, the night moved forward and everybody started crying, the fire... And it was still burning at this point. It wasn't dying out. It was a big fire. The fire, um, it got warm, kind of like a comforting warm. It was like accepting me. And then I imagined like the father's love for me. And that's what it kind of felt like. And like in a few uh, short minutes, I like felt like I experienced a total opposite spectrum of what could possibly experience from a fire, I guess. That's pretty cool. So yeah, that was heard that. That was kind of like my testimony at the night. And for me, that was what really stuck out to me in the whole trip. Kind of like that feeling of what hell felt like and that feeling of what like 
father's love felt like for me. Mm. And with that perspective, that's kind of really what changed how I act on the daily and what I believe in. Wow, that's pretty cool, David. I've never heard that. Yeah, I, I think I've only shared it with one or two people. I wish I could have shared it at the church when I had the chance. That's, oh yeah, that's another experience. We had like the whole church and culture there. Do you think like your faith might be like drastically different if we grew up there? Um, churches were really good. Mm-hmm. Like, like the pastor was so into it. And I just feel like a lot of churches we have nowadays focus on like, like you've seen like First Alliance even. They got like this huge setup going with yeah. like, like cutouts and like trying to make the stage look beautiful, trying to make the area as nice as they can. Like when really they have a small little building like that and you feel God so much there because they're just, he has, he has passion for God. He has passion for what he's preaching about. Like it's in like half Spanish and I still just, it <laughs> is amazing. And then we, we go up with the kids, right? Did you come up with us? With the, remind me of this again. Um, we walked up and it was like kind of like the kids ministry part. Oh yeah, I was there. Yeah, and we were like singing songs with them. Yeah, I remember. Uh, this is kind of off topic, but <laughs> I had to use the washroom and I couldn't find the light switch, so I just kind of peed in the dark and just hoped for the best. <laughs> that's 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 beyond the point, but <laughs> okay. Pretty sure there's a little splatter there, but. Didn't the teacher ask some of the kids to recite Bible verses and they yeah. were just like spitting it out left and right and it was just yeah, they crazy. Were like, they were really into it, I feel like. They were. It was like passion and for them. We were we were singing songs with them even though they're in English and they speak Spanish and it was like it was almost like God's love was kind of beyond a language barrier. It was. It yeah. was connecting us. So I thought it was pretty cool. And I don't mean to, like, critique the church because this is just my own, like, opinion. And everybody has different lifestyles. So, obviously, my opinion might not align up with somebody else's lifestyle. And I think it really all boils down to that. But one of, like, the thing that really annoys me in, like, a church here in, like, a Western setting versus a church there is I feel like the churches here are like really strictly stuck to like a plan and the churches start and end at a certain time. And there's just like no space for any movement or anything to happen. I don't think, I don't think as much as church is like God's place, I haven't personally felt a ton of, a ton of like churches are huge now and like you don't really connect with God on as much of a personal level as somewhere like there. At the end of the day, most people go there for a message and they don't go yeah. there for a relationship or a connection. Yeah. I just feel like the, the connection and community of aspect of churches, like bigger churches like South View or First Alliance is kind of getting lost. Yeah. And once again, I don't mean to critique it, but remember, like, we had, like, a band performance there, like a jazz band or something. And this was, like, during a normal service, so it wasn't a special event. And we're up there playing my trumpet. And I saw one of the screens that, like, only the people on the stage could see, the one that gives you, like, the cues. And I remember seeing the countdowns and us, us finishing our songs. And, like, we finished exactly with the clock on the screen and then a woman came up and said the message exactly that was on the screen and that kind of just that kind of just sort of bothered me how it's not really heartfelt and yeah it really needs to be thought out yeah but at the same time because i'm in uh, another church i'm not going to mention which church right now but the problem with my church right now is that there's not enough control and there's too much holy spirit and that's 
two different aspects, I feel like, the Bible and the Holy Spirit, and they're connected in many ways. But every day, <laughs> our pastor stands up there, and he's like, oh, I had this message last night, but then the Holy Spirit came to me, and oh, forget it. I'm just Dude, gonna... Every pastor says that. No, but my pastor does this every, 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 every time. Like, <laughs> he's never planned out. <laughs> And he just stands up there. And it sounds like he's coming coming up with an excuse. And, like, I do believe him, but I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of lost its meaning. Yeah. I agree. And I, that's why I like the churches in, like, Mexico so much, or Tijuana, or at least the one we went to, is because there is a time for worship. And the worship there was different. Like, you could actually connect with the Holy Spirit. And mm-hmm. there's time for testimonies. And again, there's a time for that connection and everything. And there was yeah. room for the Holy Spirit. But when the pastor came and talked, he didn't talk about the Holy Spirit like my pastor does. He talked with the Holy Spirit, and he delivered a message through the Holy Spirit. So when yeah. you left, you actually got a message. So, yeah, I agree. I really think the cultures here and there are really different because very different. A lot of people have just lost their priorities here, and I know a lot of people don't go to church or um, they like this church because it ends at a certain time so that they can go to, like, I don't know, soccer practice. It's almost like people people go to church almost to say that they go to church yeah definitely they don't go to, they don't go to church with the right intentions lots of the time mm-hmm. they don't place their priorities in the right places anymore yeah and it's like that one bible passage where it's like not worshiping money or other idols but only worshiping god <laughs> Be kind of contradicting yourself when you're not placing your priorities on the church or on your faith, mm-hmm. because obviously then there's another priority which is an idol. Yeah, and many people just don't realize that, which is quite sad for me. I agree with you. So, on a different topic. <laughs> Tacos. Let's talk tacos. <laughs> Yo, let, let's talk tacos. Those are the best darn tacos oh ever. Oh, goodness. I, so, pretty much, we're there, right? People are ordering, like, two, three. They're eating them, feeling full. And I go to our, our leader, and I'm like, listen, I need to try a bunch of different flavors. <laughs> I need to try the pork. I need to try the beef. I'm ordering seven tacos. And he goes, what the heck? <laughs> so then, but he's like, yeah, I'm like, yes. And then he's like, okay, so I get seven tacos. And this parade passes by, and everyone's done their tacos already. Oh, yeah, there's a parade. parade. And me, I, I didn't even pay attention. I just sat there eating my tacos. And I finished all seven and felt so good about myself. They're so good tacos. I, I feel like they were just the right amount of spicy. Did you it's feel that, the tacos, too? The, the tacos and the guacamole. And just, it's, like... It's, it's, it's Mexico. it's Mexico. Yeah, they were so you good. You can't get the same type of tacos here. They just you just they, can't. Some some people might say they slap in Mexico. Okay, <laughs> let's just say that they hit different. Okay. I wish I could go back just to get some Mexican tacos. Oh my goodness! Yeah. <sighs> I'm so hungry now. Can't get anything like them here. Yeah. And it was really good because everybody was talking on the table and connecting. Yeah, I this this floors were kind of slippery though. Like I bailed pretty hard and bashed my elbow onto the ground. Was this at like the taco place? Yes. <laughs> really? Yes, because I sprinted away and then bashed my elbow. I felt like a huge aspect was not only connecting with God but connecting with other people. Yeah. Like like eating tacos with people being on the base like sleeping in the resort pretty much <laughs> it definitely brought out a lot of new relationships yeah like 
I would not be as tight with some of my friends as I am now because of Mexico. That is true. And I remember all like the um, bedroom shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> what was that a uh, thing with Anthony and Thomas again? Oh, they just <laughs> no, 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 Jacob <laughs> with his wet foot <laughs> stepped on Anthony's bed, and Anthony thinks it's Thomas, so he gets super mad. Like they start like boxing out. Oh my goodness, Thomas is just laughing at him. He's so mad. <laughs> And, and then, Jacob, he tells us later, like, yeah, Jacob doesn't say anything the whole time. <laughs> He's just kind of there. And then Anthony, like, stands up with the mattress and walks <laughs> And he walks outside with and the he's mattress. Like, Mrs. Allen! Mrs. Allen! Thomas stepped on my mattress and I can't sleep. I mean, I'm sure they become closer friends after that. Oh my goodness! And then, and then, Mister Hilma had to come talk to us all because oh, he yeah. heard about it. Oh my goodness, dude! Pretty sure he still doesn't know it was Jacob. Jacob said Nobody it after knows. he left. I know Jacob is so funny. <laughs> he is pretty funny. And there was like a lot of like cool mini experiences there too. Because I remember like one really funny thing that happened to me is that like people were stealing my flip-flops and for like three hours I had to walk without flip-flops at the <laughs> base ground. And then this whole crucifixion play is going on and I'm like, oh dear God, if only I could get back my flip-flops after not wearing them for three hours and my feet covered in dirt. And then oh, you tap that. my shoulders and you're like, David, here are your flip-flops. This is me, right? I'm pretty sure it was you. Yes, it was one of my me. friends. I had, I had both the flip-flops under my Under Armour. Um, Why? They were just here on my um, breasts. <laughs> breasts. Why? And, and I didn't know the crucifixion play was going to happen, so I was just messing <laughs> around with you. And then it happens. We're sprinting up the hill. It's all emotional stuff, and I didn't know a good time. I'm like, David, now's probably a good time, but I have your flip-flops, dude. <laughs> Perfectly lined up. It all happened in, like, the same, like, few seconds I asked to get my flip-flop back. <laughs> and then somebody pushed me to the fountain. Oh, that was me, too. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're standing up on the edge, looking into the fountain. And there's a, so there's this huge fountain, right? It's like it's like knee deep, and it's like going crazy. And you're standing there, and I just shove you into it, and you you're... get so mad. And you look around, and I'm like way off. So like you probably didn't even know who it was. And oh my you were really a bully to me that week. <laughs> and I feel like. Do you have anything else to say? Nah, you can you can go ahead. And I feel like one of the other really special events that happened to me that week, or was it two weeks? It was a week. That week was uh, it was the like key ceremony. Days, the what ceremony? The key ceremony. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah we haven't even talked about that. Yeah, I feel yeah. like the key ceremony was probably one of like the second biggest. So the key ceremony is when we gave away the key to the family and we're all in a circle. And this is after we've been working hard the days like where we, we built the house up. We've like shown them, given them like a little tour kind of. Or no, we haven't yet. We haven't gotten oh, to yeah. see them in there. It's been a surprise. Yeah, they, yeah. they didn't even know that we we're going to furniture it for them. Yeah, they. so we... we our grade raised enough money the night before to afford them a little, what was it, a fridge? A fridge. So, a fridge. And, like, beds and stuff. So we furnished their house a little bit. And we get to give the key to them now after they come back from grocery shopping with us. And we're all in a circle because we got to buy the groceries too, which was really cool. Um, so we're all in a circle, and we're giving them the keys, and everyone gets to say something to the family. And it just, and we're all like pretty much like giving them prayers and blessings and stuff. And 
it was it was very moving to find the keys finally come around and they open their house and you just see like the look on their face of like like you you changed a life and it's it's crazy it changed to see a life it. You, you literally gave this family who's been living in like a shack small oh we haven't even talked about their homes yet yeah we, we could go more into depth about that but like they lived in a shack like the size of like half my bedroom all together all like well, there was i feel like five of them it was the size of like a twin bed that's how big their house was yes with like a tarp for a roof a torn old tarp and we just it was crazy changing their lives and giving them somewhere to live. Yeah. Just like kind of like giving them hope. Mm-hmm. Homes for hope. Or hopes Homes for hope. Homes for hope. That's, that's the hopes thing. For, hopes for home. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember that we were like opening up the house and everything. And one of the kids on the street just went in. <laughs> <laughs> I um, or they're like they're messing around and they open the door, they they go in and then the dad's like bye bye and closes the door <laughs> so nobody can see. The, oh, it, it was just it's really cool to give them that kind of experience. Yeah, because yeah. like you change your life, like just like yeah, it it was great. Like the way you've been that... like you've been hanging out with people for the past five days, like you've been. You've, like, talked to the kids, thrown, like, frisbees with them. Like, they've, like, been helping. They've been around, so you've kind of connected a bit with them. And then you you get to, like, give it a house to them. And it and then the saddest part is you have to leave. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to leave. Nobody wanted to leave. You don't get to see what happens. Exactly. You want to, you wanna like, stay in touch with them and stuff. And, like, you, it's it was super sad leaving. It was... That was one of the worst parts. I hated that part. Yeah. Everyone was just sobbing the whole way home. In Leaving the bus with... that we usually sing songs in. That full volume. Oh, that was horrible. I mean, I it, it wasn't horrible, but... <laughs> we would just blast white girl songs on the speaker. <laughs> I mean, for me, it was probably because I didn't know any of the lyrics. And I cannot sing. And you can't sing. And I can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> so in all the videos, I'm just like shaking my head. You're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was all into that. Yeah. But. And the street there, too, was, like, really sad. There was, like, a blown-up car there and yeah. tons of stray dogs. Yeah. And just the poverty, like, the amount of poverty there, I feel like is yeah. so, like, unnoticed in today's society. Which yeah, is pretty crazy. Sure. It's just sad. It is. But also, also like, good at the same time, you know? How so? It, like, like good for us to see. Not, not good that it's poverty. Yeah. I don't think poverty is good in any way. Po- experience was good, is what you're trying to say. Yeah, there, there you go. Yeah. But just, like, they had, like, shards of glass on their walls. Mm. Their garbage was pretty much furniture. Graffiti literally everywhere. Yeah. Everything was, like, um, in shackles. Or, I don't know what the word is. Everything was destroyed. There was, like, gravel everywhere. Yeah. And, um... There weren't really, like, set roads. Yeah. On the roads was just kind of dirt and old cement. Sometimes I didn't understand how, after like spending a day in like such an environment, the kids could like go home to like their first class like base, like a huge soccer field, and just spend the rest of the day like playing soccer and laughing. Like you felt some days that like that it was too much like for you to just kind of forget about it. Yeah, like, it was weird, like, it's not it's, even been a day, or, like, the a base, few hours. The base we stayed on was, like, very, very nice. Like, the beds were nice, there were showers were nice, the bathrooms were nice, like, 
you could pretty much drink the water if you wanted. It was like protected with like security and walls and they had like a like turfed soccer field with lights and Yeah. I felt it felt wrong just, sometimes. It did. It almost it almost felt like it was like kinda distracting you from what you had just seen. Yeah, and kinda defeated the purpose because it set you back in the comfort of like your own home pretty much. Yeah. And it and it gave you no reason to think about what you just spent the day doing. Like when me and my dad, we went to Guatemala on a missions trip when I was younger. So it didn't have that, that trip affected me, but not as much as this one. But I remember we stayed in a hotel there and it was like, like the walls were moldy. Like the beds were disgusting. Like it was, it, it, you got a little more of an experience of what it would be like to actually live there. So I'm I'm not saying I didn't like staying in the the YWAM base. That the base was very nice. Yeah, it was comfortable. It, it was nice. It was nice to have a place to be comfortable. But at the same time, it really didn't. It didn't open your perspective on what it would be like to actually be in their shoes as much. Yeah. Not like we. Not that we didn't get our perspectives opened, but in that sense of like, like feeling the same thing we're feeling. Pretty much, we. Sh- we saw what living in their shoes was like, but we didn't really get to live it. Yeah. Which I feel like that would have impacted us a lot more, but it already yeah. did a really good job of impacting us. For sure. I, I wouldn't say that I wouldn't want to stay on the base. The base is really yeah, nice. Yeah, I'm not denying that. You could go vacationing there. <laughs> yeah. And it had an ocean side view. Oh, the ocean really amazing. Amazing. You eat breakfast up outside on a table, staring at the ocean, bro. Yeah. With all your best friends around you. Best experience ever. I loved Mexico. It was really good. And then we had a day where we went to the market. Oh that my was, goodness, the market. There's so many market. things that I just that's, keep remembering. That's where the sketchy part of Tijuana comes in. That's where you're really, like, kind of get sketched out. It wasn't that sketchy. Really? Some of the market people, bro, followed me and these two girls around for, like, an hour. That? They kept being, like, like, I love your accent. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, who was this again? Who were you with? uh, I was with Anastasia and Abby. And and they were just like creeped out because this guy is literally like touching their arms, like they're like run. I feel like, I feel like, like um I feel like that was more the person and not the uh, whole marketplace, and you just got unlucky with finding that person. No, the market, bro. Like some of the things there, everything. Okay, everything was the same brand, and there's like thousands of stands that you could go into yeah i i thought i could haggle better i thought i could get better deals but they're pretty set mm-hmm. on their prices well you have to be pretty set on your price i tried to do the walk away thing but they let me walk away <laughs> so then i just didn't get it you try a different stand i think the biggest uh oof was uh cole paying like 15 dollars for a poncho when Vint got us all, like, 30 of them for $2. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't do any harm to support them. Yeah, it's true. But, yeah. Saw some interesting things at that marketplace. Yeah, there's some weird novelties that people are into. Let's just say I wouldn't want to drink coffee out of a penis. My mom watches these podcasts, or at least she did with the first one. <laughs> That's okay. She can hear it. She can hear it. She can hear it. She can hear it. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else we did? Went to the ranch, built homes, went to the marketplace. I'm trying to remember. Oh, half the people got stuck in San Diego. Yeah. I was saving that for last, but it well, did happen. Let's, let's wrap so it up. So, why were we even late? Okay, so. Or were we late? Is that what happened? Let's start, 
let's start from the day when we we're supposed to be leaving. So the bus is supposed to pick us up at 9 a.m. Oh, it's the bus. Okay, so we're supposed to leave at 9 a.m. Like pretty quick here. So everyone's kind of like getting ready. They got us to get up early and stuff. We ate breakfast and now it's time to go. Okay, and the bus doesn't show up. It doesn't show up. It doesn't show up. And then finally, like literally two hours late, hour late. it shows up. So then we're like, okay, well, we got to hurry. So we're like kind of speeding on the bus to, to get to the border. At the border, there's like a huge lineup. Like there's so many people. So we're, we have to wait there. And now teachers are starting to panic. They don't know if they're going to get us home in time. So they, they start like booking kids, like signing kids in via like their phones. Mm-hmm. And they're doing as much as they can to get as many kids like registered for the flight and stuff. And then it's just we we were just too late at the airport so then there was only like probably like eight kids 20 20 kids that got on the first flight 18 (laughs) there there was quite a few there there was a solid chunk um but kids on the podcast (laughs) just a little sneeze there (laughs) (laughs) just a little sneeze um but but we got so we're at the airport and it's like like picture like home alone. We're literally sprinting with our bags. And no, like, no, they told us to leave the baggage there. That's right. Yeah. We had to leave. We had to leave our. They leave our luggage there. The yeah. So all we have is our carry-ons, our ticket, and we're sprinting. We're sprinting to the boarding gate. We're like, we're going through security, and it's it was really light security. I was shocked. Yeah. So we're like, we're really trying to make this flight, and we barely get on. Did we, you make the first flight? I forget. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you were with that. Yeah, we have a minute to spare. And literally, it was, we only, some of our kids got to get on. So then the next day at school, we're all shook. We're the only ones there. The rest of our friends are in L.A. Oh, yeah. Like, the, the pier. That was so sad. I wish I stayed, but. I wish yeah. I was at the pier, too. Um, And they're all, like, chilling, having fun. And we're at school. You yeah, got like, separated. Like, only, was, like, 10, 15 kids got on the we, first flight. We had, to say, we had to say goodbye to some of our friends there, just like, well, I guess this is it. Like, the whole process took, like, a week, and there's, like, three or four different plane rides. Yeah. I remember, like, another people, bunch. Some people were in, like, Vancouver for a bit. Yeah, and then others like, were, like, hotels, like, California. Yeah. And others were, like, in Santa, what is it called again? The Monica Pier, or I feel yeah, stupid right now. No, that's what it is. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. And then people finally all got back, like, on Wednesday. Yeah. Like, it took, like, two days to get everyone home. Mm-hmm. It was, it was fun, though. It was, it was quite fun. It was it, crazy. At the end of the day, it was all a good experience. Yeah, I agree. It's always our grade, too. In ski trip, we got stuck on a bus. Oh, yeah. That was scary. That's, Got stuck in a rock slide on Homewood. Oh yeah, for a few minutes. Our grade is just always like a few minutes. We got delayed seven hours. At Homewood? On the bus? With the rock slide? And wait, yeah. That was only like no more than an hour long delay. No, because we when we were in that forest thing, we weren't supposed to go there. We went there because of the rock slide. Really? Yes. Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, our grade was kind of cursed. <laughs> I didn't realize that. I thought it was only a few minutes. Oh, it's all coming back to me now. Yeah. 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 And the... I, I just need to mention it. The ice cream there was really good. In Mexico? Yeah, in Mexico. You just wanted to make sure everyone knew the ice cream's good. The ice cream is great in Tijuana. The ice cream was very good. Very good. Would recommend. Would recommend for sure. Well, is there anything else to add? I don't think so. No? Well, yeah. It was a life-changing experience. And um, if any of you guys get the chance to go on a missions trip, was it with YWAM? YWAM and and Hopes of Hope or Homes of Hope? Hopes for hope. Hopes for hope. It's really just like going on a like 
it might be outside of your comfort zone, but I'd I'd just recommend you try something like that within yeah. like just yeah, it was it was a great experience. And I know a lot of like the parents were afraid that the trip was unsafe. And ignore what Elijah said about the marketplace and the old <laughs> creepy man. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean I ninety nine percent of the times you were safe except when Anthony and Thomas were fighting each other. So, um, yeah, if you have the chance, definitely go. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I think that's going to wrap it up. All right, yep. well, thank you for coming on this call, Elijah. Of I Anytime. really enjoyed talking with you. Mm-hmm. And I've been your host. David Samson, and this has been the Samson Saturday Talk Show. The Samson Saturday Talk Show. On a Sunday. On but a I'll Sunday. Up, I'll upload it on a Saturday. Good, man. All right. All right. See you. Adios. <laughs>